Hey everybody, welcome to your Sunday morning sermon from Brad Tuttle Ministries. Man, I am glad that you are with me today. We're going to be starting into a new sermon series. We just finished up our series on healing. We're going into a new sermon series and we're going to be talking about, I believe, the most important topic that you can talk can share about, and that is that of salvation. So these will all be posted on my YouTube channel. You can go there. It's Brad Tuttle Ministries, and I really hope you go there to listen to these. Uh, and, and while you're there, that you will like them and you will subscribe so I can build my subscriber base from 20 up. All right. So I'm going to break this down into different parts. I'm going to uh, literally explain uh, what salvation is. My my philosophy in in doing these sermons for people is to try to bring the 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 depth of what the topic is about. Because I think, like in healing, I did a four part series on that in different aspects of it. So. People can really learn about it, and when you learn about it, it builds your faith about it because it's easier for you to believe in it because you now understand what it is. Same thing with salvation. Now, this can be for someone who is already saved. They just want to know what it means to be saved. I remember there was many, I went many years without knowing all this. I just got radically converted, but you know, I went many years without being trained and taught about what it really meant to be saved. And uh, when I began to learn about what it really meant to be saved and all the different aspects that go on within our salvation, uh, it became even more amazing to me. And it became even more phenomenal and awesome to me because there's so many cool things that go on at the moment of your conversion. Um, So we're going to start off this sermon today with a definition of salvation um, and then we're going to hit the one of the main aspects, or I don't say the first one, but because a lot of these things happen at the moment you're converted. But the first one we're going to talk about is that of justification. So we're going to talk about salvation, look at it in the Word of God, and then we're going to talk about justification. And I feel really important. I feel really this is really important for me to do because time is short. Jesus is coming back. There are lost people all over the world who are not hearing the truth, and I need to be about reaching the lost with the true gospel. And so it's it's an honor for me to be able to share these particular sermons. However many there's going to be in this series, we're going to make sure that it's wholly complete. Again, so a believer can really learn what it means that they are saved, and for an unbeliever to listen to these and then find what they need to know about it. That, again, builds their faith, and then it makes it, uh, brings it to a point where, that, where belief is uh, something that is much more meaningful. So in the Word of God, the word salvation, so we're going to do a little uh, simple scriptural summary of salvation. So the word salvation, in the Greek, it's soteria. It's a noun. Uh, it means to save, rescue, or deliver. The verb of this is pronounced sozo. It it describes the rescue or deliverance from danger, destruction, and peril. So we have save, rescue, deliver, rescue or deliverance from danger, 
and destruction and peril. Hallelujah. Uh, salvation in the Greek is a much broader term than we think of it in the English. Uh, other concepts that are inherent in the Greek word soteria include restoration to a state of safety, soundness, health, and well-being, as well as preservation from danger of destruction. So all those, if you look at the word of what it really means to be saved, just think about that. All those things, saved, were rescued, were delivered, rescued from deli or, or deliverance from danger, just rescued from peril, uh, soundness, health, and well-being, as well as a preservation from danger of destruction. One Bible commentator said in classical Greek, soteria means deliverance or preservation. It can be used for a man's safe return to his own home or his own country after an absence and a journey. It can mean a guarantee of safety or a security against danger. Sozo, the verb, and soteria, the noun, are surely two of the most important words in the word of god and remember the new testament was originally written in the greeks and these were the words that were used so soteria is used 45 times in the new testament so we're going to look at a few of the verses that contain this greek word that means salvation and deliverance and all the other things we said we're going to read just a few verses there's so many of them I just want to read a couple of them so you can kind of get an idea of this so let's look at the first one's going to be in luke 19:9 and I'm going to put all of the scripture verses, I'm going to list them in the description uh, uh, on the YouTube channel. I'm going to list them in the description area. So the first one, Luke 19, 9. And Jesus said to him, Zacchaeus, today salvation, there's the word soteria, has come to this house because he too is a son of Abraham. We go into Acts 4, 12. And there is salvation or soteria in no one else other than the Messiah. For there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. That's the verb, sozo. Uh, Romans 1.16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation, soteria, to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Romans 10.10, For with the heart man believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation, soteria. And lastly, Revelations chapter 19, verse 1 after these things, I heard, as it were, a loud voice of a great multitude in heaven saying, Hallelujah, salvation, soteria, and glory and power belong to our God. Again, Revelations 19.1. So the idea of salvation is that the power of God rescues people from the penalty of sin, which is spiritual death, which is followed by eternal separation from the presence of God's glory. So salvation is is the power of God that rescues us from the penalty of sin, which ends up in eternal separation. Salvation carried a tremendous meaning in Paul's day. Uh, the most basic meaning was deliverance, and it applied to personal deliverance and even national deliverance. So in short, this great salvation that I have experienced, and hopefully you have, and if you haven't, you will by the end of this sermon or the other sermons, but today is your day of salvation if you don't know Christ yet. In short, this great salvation is not just escape from the penalty of sin, but it includes the ideas of safety, deliverance from slavery, and preservation from danger or destruction. Salvation through Christ is God's powerful hand extended down to lost souls to lift them up. And that's what happened to us when we came uh, into Christ, when we were saved, 
we were translated at that moment from darkness into light. If you're not saved and you've never trusted in Christ as your Savior, you are in darkness. No matter what, how much you think you got it going on, you are in darkness. You are groping around in blindness. It's not until we come to faith in Christ that we are now translated from darkness into light. And we can now truly see. So what are we saved from? We answered that a little bit earlier, but let's say it again. What are we saved from? So in the Christian doctrine of salvation, we are saved from wrath. That is God's judgment of sin. You find that in Romans 5, 9 and in 1 Thessalonians 5, 9. We are saved from the wrath of God. It's uh, Wow, right? Our sin has separate us, separated us from God, and the consequence of sin is death, Romans 6.23. So biblical salvation refers to our deliverance from the consequence of sin and therefore involves the removal of sin. So who does the saving? Only God can remove sin and deliver us from sin's penalty, the God in the Bible, Jehovah God. We see that in 2 Timothy 1.9. And we see that in Titus 3.5. Only God can remove sin and deliver us from sin's penalty. We are, we are rescued from the wrath of God. And I'm going to get ahead of myself, but when Jesus went to the cross, he took your sin. He also took the wrath of God that was meant for you upon himself and suffered through that on the cross. Man, you understand what I'm saying? Jesus did that for us. So we don't have to experience the wrath of God. Um, how does God save? In the Christian doctrine of salvation, God has rescued us through Christ. John 3, 17. He has rescued us through Christ. There is no other way to be saved but through Jesus Christ. He's the way, the truth, and the life, and no one can come to the Father except through him, not Muhammad, not Confucius, not any other little G God. You can only, there's only one way to God the Father in heaven, and that is through Jesus Christ the Son. So it was Jesus' death on the cross and then his subsequent resurrection that achieved our salvation. So there had to be a resurrection from the dead because when he rose from the dead, he became victorious over sin and over death and over the grave. And so there had to be that glorious day of resurrection. See that in Romans 5.10 and Ephesians 1.7. So scripture is clear that salvation is the gracious undeserved gift of God, Ephesians 2, 5 and 8, and is only available through Jesus Christ, Acts 4, 12. So how do we receive salvation? We're saved by faith. And we're talking about, well, first of all, we must hear the gospel. And that's why I'm trying to do these. Um, I am going to start a new uh, program that I'm calling It's Harvest Time. And I'm going to do videos and live outreaches for anybody that can come on. And they're going to partake of that. Those are going to be straight out evangelistic uh, soul winning sermons. But what's vital here is that people must hear the truth. You have to hear the gospel first. The good news of Jesus' death and resurrection, Ephesians 1.13. Then, once we hear the gospel, we must believe or fully trust the Lord Jesus Christ, Romans 1.16. 
That involves repentance from sin, a changing of our mind about sin, a changing of our mind about Christ, Acts 3.19, and then calling on the name of the Lord. We see that in Romans 10.9 and 10. Let me say that again. We must first hear the gospel. So this is all by faith. We hear the gospel. By faith, we believe and fully trust Christ as our Savior, Romans 1.16. That involves repentance, a changing of mind about sin and about Christ, and then we have the calling on the Lord, on the name of the Lord, uh, the conf- outward confession or calling on the name of the Lord. We see that in Romans 10, 9, 10, and 13. So a definition of the Christian doctrine of salvation would be the deliverance by the grace of God from eternal punishment for sin, which is granted to those who accept by faith God's conditions of repentance and faith in the Lord Jesus. Again, salvation is available in Jesus Christ alone and is dependent on God alone for provision, assurance, and for security. So that's what salvation is about. Again, it's only through Christ, it's by faith. We got to hear the gospel. We have to believe in our heart. We repent and then we call on the name of the Lord, and we are saved. If all those aspects come together, and there has to be belief. I did this in my bedroom many, many, many years ago, decades ago, a totally, well, everybody who's unsaved is totally unsaved, but I got done, I was in a bar, my eyes were open to some, I, I literally the window shades in my eyes opened up and I thought, what am I doing here? I got back into my apartment. I drove back immediately, got back in there. I mean, it must've been three hours. I was just dealing with what was happening in my, in my, what's going on. And then finally about one thirty in the morning, I walked into my bedroom. I fell on my knees. I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and my savior because I had heard the gospel from a young Navy man when I was getting out of the Navy. And that was five years previous, but that gospel message came back to me. I also, at that moment, I believed in who Christ was. I believed what sin is. I believed in what Jesus had accomplished. And then I confessed Christ from my mouth as the Lord and Savior of my life and repented of my sins. And at that moment, I came into salvation. And what happened, we're going to go into this now. So we're going to talk about the first aspect or one of the aspects that take place that makes up our salvation that happens at the moment of our salvation. Let me say that again. This happens the moment. This happens the moment you are saved. And this is what it really, really excites me. And that's called justification. Sounds like a big theological term, but it's not. We can make it deeper. We can make it more simple to understand. Let me read you a verse. Romans chapter 5 is a great chapter to read about justification and the beauty of what justification brings into our lives. So Romans chapter 5 verse 1 says this, Therefore, Having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. There's that removal of the wrath of God. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. The Amplified Version of the Bible says it this way. Therefore, since we are justified, and then in, in a, you know brackets it says, and relating to the word justified, acquitted, declared righteous, and given a right standing with God through faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. So therefore, we have been justified or acquitted, declared righteous, and given a right standing with God. Think about that. You were once in filthy rags, and you now believe, repent, and call on the name of the Lord. You get gloriously saved, and at that moment, you are justified, declared 
um, righteous before the Lord and put in right standing with God. That's, that's absolutely mind-blowing. Man, we should be so much more excited about our salvation if we truly are believers in Jesus Christ. And then it goes on in Romans chapter 5, same chapter, verse 8. Another area here says, But God demonstrates his own love toward us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Verse 9, Much more than, having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through him. That is Romans 5 verse 8 and then one more Romans 5 verse 18 says so then as through one offense the result was condemnation to all mankind that's talking about the sin of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden uh, through one offense the result was condemnation to all mankind so also through one act of righteousness that's Christ going to the cross dying rising again the result was justification of life to all mankind. So now all men, uh, because of what Jesus did, all anybody can now come to faith in Christ and find him as their Lord and Savior and now put, be put in right standing with God the Father. <laughs> Hallelujah. And speaking of Romans chapter 5, Martin Luther said, in the whole Bible there is hardly another chapter which can equal this triumphant text. So it's talking about this sinners being declared not guilty um, at the moment of our conversion. And let me say that um, Paul is very careful to emphasize that justification is an assured fact before going on to show what's involved in it. Very important to Paul to let us know this happened, it's done. He's, he, he, he's shown that even Abraham had to be justified and that man is guilty before God, and man cannot in any way justify himself. You cannot get yourself ready to meet God. Justification comes through Christ and Christ alone, again, when you hear, when you believe, when you confess, and when you repent. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. So beginning in Romans 5, Paul starts to show us the other side of what it means to be justified. And he then begins to expound this incredible list of blessings and benefits that spill out of this aspect of justification. And if you notice Paul's pattern of giving the gospel, he always makes sure in Romans 1.4, he talked about the sinner must see their need first. In other words, the unsaved must know why they even need to be saved. And that's the missing ingredient and a lot of people's presentation of the gospel is they'll just say, how many of y'all want Jesus? How many of y'all want to be saved? How many want to just raise your hand, pray this prayer, and now you're saved? And they've never even told them why they even need to be saved. But a true, clear gospel explains to the sinner why they even need to be saved. And then once they see that, this desperate need they and, and, and to receive Christ as Lord and Savior by grace through faith, um, then Paul goes on to explain the benefits of, of the accompanying of salvation. But there's first, in Paul's eyes and in my eyes now, because of what I do when I evangelize, you've got to prove to people and show them you need Jesus because you're a sinner and you're lost. You were, you were a sinner the moment you were born into this earth and you were lost and separated from God by your sins. And uh, you need Christ as your Savior. You need salvation. You need Jesus. Amen. So let's go back to Romans chapter 5. We'll read verse 1 again. Therefore, having been justified by faith, 
We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So that word, therefore, in other words, therefore, on the basis of all the previous truths Paul talked about in the earlier chapters, Paul now introduces us to the practical benefits of salvation. In one of those, it says, having been justified by faith. There is a French expression that's pronounced fed accompli, fed accompli, if you speak French, you're probably just getting all over me right now. Fed on complete. It's a French expression, which means an action which has already been done and which cannot be changed. It's an action which has already been done. And I say that and I use that and with my bad pronunciation of it, I use that because that's what's happened at the moment of your salvation. You were justified. It is one and done. It's an act that has been done that never has to be repeated again at the moment Oh my goodness, this is so so awesome. The moment you came to faith in Christ and believe, repent, and, and goes through all the things we talked about after hearing the gospel, you are at that moment. Somebody say at that moment. You are at that moment justified. You are declared not guilty. You are declared righteous before God the Father. And uh, it's a one and done thing. And, and man, I love this. Our justification is one and done. It's once it's done, it's done. It never has to be repeated. And now you are now positionally in what we call in Christ. That can't be taken away from you. Once you're in it and once it's done, you've now been put in the right position in Christ. It's a one-time event in history that endures throughout eternity. And that happens at the moment you are saved, at the moment you are saved by faith in Christ. Within that word, justified, we see the Greek aorist tense of the verb. It identifies the justification, again, as a one-time event in the past when these believers were declared legally not guilty. Justification is not just something that's going on now. It is something that happened and was completed the moment you were saved. Do you need to hear that? You need to get that down inside of you today. The passive voice of the Greek verb indicates this declaration came from an outside source. In this case, it was God himself. Simply put, to justify is to declare righteous. The moment, man, me as a filthy sinner, the moment I confessed Christ as my Savior, I was declared righteous. Can you imagine that? Righteous. I can now, I now can stand before a holy God and mark my words. God is a holy God. He's not the big man upstairs. He is a holy God. So justification, get this down in you, is an act of God whereby he pronounces a sinner to be righteous because of that sinner's faith in Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. Anybody excited about your salvation now? If you're not saved and you're watching this, man, wouldn't you just want to right now say, I want to be saved? Um, so properly understood, justification has to do with God's declaration about the sinner, not necessarily any change within the sinner. That is, justification per se does not make anyone holy. It simply declares him to be not guilty before God and therefore treated as holy. Listen to this. The actual change toward holiness in the sinner occurs with sanctification, which is related to justification. 
for definition's sake, but it's distinct from it. And we will deal with that in one of our next sermons, that at the moment you were justified, declared not guilty, you were also sanctified, and that began that process of moving into your life a holy life. So there's justification, there's reconciliation, there's uh, redemption, and there's sanctification. And so sanctification is that... Uh, is that actual um, change toward holiness. And that's one of the ways that you know you're really saved when you see yourself not wanting to partake of things you used to do before you got saved. Um, you know, and I use this as a, I don't get on people if they drink. I don't drink because I drank before I got saved. Um, I don't even do a little bit of it. It's just something that I relate to what I did before I came to Christ. And now that a moment after I got saved, I instantly felt it in me, for me, for my life, that I wasn't going to partake in that. That's that sanctification process taking taking place. It doesn't mean at the moment of our conversion, everything about us, we, we never stop. We, we are perfected. We never do anything wrong again. But, you know, we all have to deal with our flesh nature. And we, we, you've talked about this before. Um, but there are things that at that moment of your conversion, you start to realize I should not do that. I should not talk like that. And that's another thing that hit me. I had a little bit of a potty mouth. And then when I came to faith in Christ, man, I immediately started realizing I shouldn't say that. That does that's not that's who I used to be. That's not who I am. Remember the Apostle Paul says when we come to faith in Christ, we put off the old man and we put on the new man. I don't want my new man acting like the old man. So I want my new man acting like a new man, a new creation in Christ. Old things passed away and everything has become new. Second Corinthians five seventeen. So a key passage describing justification in relation to believers is found in Romans 3, 21 through 26. Let me read this to you. It's very important that I, that I get this. It's a big section of verses. It says, But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known, to which the law and the prophets testify. That means the Old Testament, New Testament. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who, what? Believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption, there's that word redemption, that came by Christ Jesus. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. He did this to demonstrate his righteousness so as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus Christ. And it's all about having faith in Jesus. So we see ver several very important facts out of that section of scriptures about justification. One, justification comes uh, apart from the law. It is, we cannot earn it. We can't earn justification through rule keeping or our own good works. Another one is justification is made possible in the sacrificial death of Christ and only through the sacrificial death of Christ. It is based on the shed blood of Christ. That's why Jesus shed his blood. Justification is the free and gracious gift of God bestowed on those who receive by faith the sacrifice of Jesus Christ and justification demonstrates the righteousness of God. Hallelujah. So related to God's justification of the sinner, there are several things. There's the remission or the taking away of the penalty of sin, which was death, 
Romans 3.23, 1 Peter 2.24. Another one is the restoration. Oh, this is a great one. The restoration, what happens at justification, there's a restoration to God's favor. Some may say, hallelujah, which had been lost due to our sin, John 3.36. So justification, hear this, is more than an acquittal. It is full acceptance. We are now friends of God. James 2.23, and co-heirs with Christ, Romans 8.17. Man, you are a friend of God now. You were once, understand this, a true gospel message is going to point out to people that the wrath of God is against them and they are enemies of God. But when we are justified, wow, that all changes. It's not just acquittal, but it is now we are fully accepted amen into the family of god co-heirs with christ and number three the imputation of righteousness that is the reckoning of christ's righteousness to your account in other words when you came to faith in christ when you were justified jesus took his righteousness and put it into your account you're now declared to be righteous legally because make because god made him who knew no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of god second corinthians 5 21 i'm giving you a lot of great information that you need to read or go over again and listen to this and look up these verses i'm gonna take a little bit more time on this one we're almost finished but i i need the extra time because it's very important to make sure that i get all this in again we are justified declared righteous at the moment of our salvation at the moment declared righteous justified jesus finished the work required for our justification on the cross and then he rose again to seal the deal he was then raised to life for our justification romans 4 25 so i asked this question interesting question is justification just if he is holy, if God is holy, how can he forgive a guilty sinner? The answer is that justification does not excuse our sin, ignore our sin, or endorse our sin. Rather, our sin is fully punished, Christ having taken our penalty for us. It's all because of what Jesus did for you. Whew. He was our substitute, 1 Peter 3.18. Because the wrath of God is satisfied in Christ, Isaiah 53, 4 and 6, we are free from condemnation, Romans 8, 1, and God remains both fair and just, and he makes sinners right in his sight when they believe in Jesus, Romans 3, 26. Man, if you're not excited right now about your salvation, you need to go to the emergency room and lay on a bed, let them hit you with those shockers and wake you back up to what God has really done for you because this is amazing stuff. This is absolutely, fantastically, phenomenally, awesomely amazing what Jesus, what, what happened in your life when you heard the gospel and then believed and repented and confessed. Man, called on the name of the Lord. This is what happened to you at that moment. All this and this is just one of the things. This is just justification. Again, not, we're not even talking about reconciliation and all the other things that go with it. So again, Romans 5.1, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So that aspect, very important to remember as we close, by faith. 
It is not by faith abstractly considered that we are justified, nor even by faith in everything that God reveals. It is by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we say faith, we're talking about saving faith. And saving faith is trust in Jesus Christ as a living person for forgiveness of sins and for eternal life with God. And then it goes on to say, therefore, having been justified by faith, We'll finish out the scripture verse. We have peace with God. And we're going to be talking about this in some future sermons relating to salvation. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So peace with God speaks of the fact that we are no longer God's enemies, but objects of his favor. And this happened at the moment of your conversion. Wow. You're, and this is all based on your position. Um, it's, not, it's a fact. It's not a feeling. Sometimes you may not feel like it. But understand, it's, it's a fact that at the moment you came to Christ, you were put in the right position. You were put in the position of being in Christ, and now you're standing before the God the Father declared righteous before him. It's all about and based on your position in Christ, which all took place at the moment of your conversion. Understand, the wrath of God is being continually revealed against ungodliness and this is certainly a cause for a lack of peace with God. But now you who know Christ, you have peace, not just the peace of God that comes from the fruit of the Spirit, but you have peace with God. You have peace with God. You're no longer an enemy. God no, no longer considers you an, one of his enemies. You are in the family of God. So for Rome, in Romans 5, for believers, the war is over. Yes, it's over for us. Uh, because of our justification, hostilities and animosities have been vanquished by the cross and by Christ's resurrection. We have been changed from foes to friends because of what Christ did on the cross. So rejoice today. Rejoice. Because if you know Christ by faith today, you are saved and you are justified. And lastly, for anyone who does not know Christ as your Savior today, today can be your day of salvation. All you have to do is you've heard the, basically you've heard the gospel message. You're born a sinner, separated from God by your sin. You need Christ as your Savior. It's a matter of hearing the gospel. You heard about the wrath of God against you. You're an enemy of God. You need Jesus. And now you've heard about who he is. It's about believing in Christ, who he is and what he did and seeing yourself as a sinner in need, desperate need of Christ as your Savior, it then comes into your heart. You believe now upon Christ as your Savior. You repent of your sins, and you call on the name of the Lord. And the Bible says, you shall be saved. If you need that, do that right now. I'm going to pray for all of you, but if you need Christ, call on him today. Believe in him today. Repent for your sins today, and find yourself declared righteous before a holy God. Amen. Let me pray over all of you. Father, I come before you right now in Jesus' name. I thank you for this opportunity to share this incredibly beautiful message, this, these incredibly beautiful truths. I thank you from the bottom of my heart for declaring me righteous. I thank you for making, uh, just opening that door for my in my life at that time when I was 27 years old to come to faith in Christ. My life was forever changed. I pray for anyone who's listening to this who knows you, and they really do know they're saved, but it's not really hit them how amazing this really is. I pray this would wake them up. This would shake them to their very core uh, and, and cause them to, to really open their lives up to a life of worship, 
to you because you deserve it all because of what you have done for them, where you brought them from, and making them a new creation in Christ. And for anybody who's not saved today, Father God, I pray your Holy Spirit would go to them and move on them right now. We know it's all done through the power of the Spirit and believing in Christ as their Savior, the Holy Spirit, move on their heart, open their eyes to the truth like you did to mine so many years ago, and I pray they would find themselves believing upon Christ as their Savior because they know how badly they need Him, and they would repent from their sins, and they'd call on the name of the Lord right now and be saved. So, Father God, we thank you for all these things, and for all of them, we give you the glory and the praise and the honor, and everybody said together, amen and amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. Thank you for joining me today. You should be changed. This should have changed your outlook on life. Share this with somebody else. Remember, go to the channel. And we're, if you came across this some other way, like the channel, subscribe, please. And let's begin to build this thing into something great where lives can be changed. This message is going to go around the world. People are going to hear it and they're going to come to faith in Christ. And Christians are going to be challenged to live all out for God. Amen. Well, God bless you. Until next time, stay in faith. Amen. Amen.